As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome back to what I'll call the first edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast for this season. It's pre-82, we're talking pre-season, pre-season game one, road game in Portland, Marcus Thompson with me. Uh, it was as uh, storyline-filled a preseason game as I can remember in a long time, probably since the Warriors went to Seattle with Kevin Durant. And he was wearing the Sean Ooh, Kemp jersey. That yeah. Oh, that was great. That whole weekend was great, by the way. I, I went with my wife. We went to a Beyonce concert. And then we went to a the last event ever in Key Arena before they demolished part of it and rebuilt it. And then I went to Seahawks Rams on Sunday in Seattle. It was a very cool weekend. But anyway, a lot to talk about uh, off last night's preseason uh, opener. You know, the number one thing to talk about was how Jordan Poole went out of his way to make me look like a prophetic genius after I write about he just might be the all-star caliber player they need. He goes out, drops 30, and does it in a fashion where it's like, hey, this dude, <laughs> this, this is the dude who looks even better than the last time we saw him, and he was pretty good then. So shout out Jordan Poole for the the excellent timing of his 30 point night and to be hot from the three point line. Yeah. You, uh, you threw the star label out there and you didn't just throw it out there in the store. You threw it out there on Twitter. Um, and you know, that's the more dangerous place to put something like that because you know what of I'm the, saying you got, you got to, you got to go all in if you believe it. <laughs> yeah. That's where you can get ratioed though. Um, and it's, you know, I've been hesitant to go too far with the pool stuff. I mean, even dating back to last year, you know, he's coming out of the bubble and you're starting to see some stuff. You're like, all right, we're talking more Jordan Clarkson. We're talking six man. And as it's as he closed the season like he did, which we've talked about how strong he closed last season, as he got into the summer and everyone behind the scenes was like, oh, shit, man, this guy's working like crazy. He's looking better by the day. As you get into camp now, and he's been dominating scrimmages pre-camp. He's been apparently unbelievable in camp. I mean, everybody behind the scenes is saying that. Like to he's start play. killing in camp. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and like even Steve Kerr last night was like, oh, yeah, what he did tonight is like what he's been doing the last two weeks to, to you know, our entire team, uh, essentially. But 
you know, I I went on the Zach Lowe's podcast and I like I kind of threw out the CJ McCollum like you know could he become something in that vein which is like you know it's not full All Star but it's almost like fringe level All Star efficient score really good player and I mean you you may have taken it a step further with the star label but. Shit, something's happening here. I mean, 30 points in 22 minutes in the preseason opener. Yes, it, it's crazy stuff can happen in preseason, but number one, it's the way he did it, and number two, it's just the fact that it's just following weeks and weeks and weeks of people behind the scenes telling both of us, like, it's happening. Like, get ready for this. Yeah, it's to me, it's the way he did it. It wasn't that he scored 30, although scoring 30 is impressive. Like it's not a it wasn't a bunch of thirties out there for the preseason slate yesterday, right? Like it's not it's not a bunch of players out there just dropping thirty. But it was how he did it. It was you know, Steve Kerr talked about the type of shots he's taken and how he's stronger now to kind of get those shots off. Like he's pulling up and jacking and he's doing this with Steph on the court. With you, and we already know we've talked about this for years how some players find it difficult to have the same confidence in their shooting when Steph or Clay is on the court with them, right? This dude is out here chucking <laughs> like with no conscience at all, and he's clearly like an improved shooter. I don't know if he ever be a 40% three point shooter, if he's anywhere between 35 and 40, that's great for the Warriors. Uh, especially because of how he's getting the shot, but he's still moving. He uh, he is playmaking off the dribble. He he is he looked a, it's early, but I, I just liked how strong he looked coming off the screens, getting into a shot. And he's still a guy who like man, he, you can't leave this dude open. Like he's going to hurt you. For me, that's the type of thing that where you're just like, okay, he may not be an all star just by sheer virtue of. There's a lot of guards, right? And there's already one All Star on the Warriors, right? So they'd have to, they'd have to really blow it up. <laughs> so that to be, I mean, they could be. Well, you he's know, certainly four not going to be. He's like, he's not going to be this year. No, 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 but, no. But yeah. if, if he just gives you a, a, a one of them type of seasons where it's like, yeah, he's not an All Star, but you can say, I think C.J. McCollum was a great sample, right? Let's like, if you could just give that. You're going to score 20 some nights, and everybody know you can. Some nights it might be a 14. Uh, but it's mostly like, can you just be so effective that it opens things up for Steph or punishes teams for paying too much attention to Steph? Like, or I, I feel like how he's off. playing. Yeah, like, yeah if absolutely. Was, if that was a regular season game last night, like, Steph kind of, like, gets it off, essentially. You know, like, Steph, just his usage rate can go way down. That was the issue last year. I mean, he would be. It's what they he, wanted from Wiggins. That's what yeah. they wanted. Tim, to go out there and do that. Like, just take over this game. Get, get, in, get in the, go find your rhythm. Like, go take it. Go cook that dude in front of you. That Like, that's what they wanted Wiggins to do. And Jordan Poole. It's like, yo, I'll do it. <laughs> like, I got this. To me, that's that's the part that's uh that is gonna be the revelation. Like, we kind of saw it last year. We saw how it could work. Now you start putting in sets, you start running it. Uh, like that that's gonna be a powerful combo, provided he makes the shots at the rate it looks like he's gonna make them. If he ends up a thirty three percent shooter from three, taking a lot of bad shots, then. You know, that to me, that's what would kill him. 
Yeah, I mean the percentage is gonna matter, but like at the same time, like Damian Lillard's like I think like a thirty-seven percent three-point shooter. Nobody cares because uh, you know yeah, they're between shooting. thirty-five and thirty and forty, you good. You start getting down there by <laughs> it's it's yeah. What he clearly has is uh, detonation capabilities. Um, where it's like last night he just hit seven threes, seven for thirteen. You know, he's it's not like he's gonna be a like that'll be a regular thing, but if once out of every four games he just shows up to the arena hot and he clearly is one of those players that gets hot, just like you know, that's it's it's Clay Thompson is like the prime example of that type of shooter. I mean, to to the extreme yeah. degree, obviously. But you know, there's gonna be seventeen nights this year that Jordan Poole is like really hot from three. And that changes the game. It's just it, you saw it last night. I mean, in a preseason environment, the, you know, you mentioned Steph's on the floor, Lillard's on the floor, McCollum's on the floor. Who the fireworks were coming from Jordan Poole, uh, and that's something. That's just something yeah, to that's note. Not nothing for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what's what's what could stop it though? Like what you know there you know well, I'll tell rightfully you one so there's been a, a a hesitance to anoint him. What what, what do you think is in the way? defense uh and you yeah, saw the issue exactly. last night he he yeah. he rotationally he 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 made mistakes last night which Steve Kerr pointed out post game and then uh he got back cut a few times and including one I mean I I used it as kind of like the lead to what I wrote but uh he hits his fifth three six three and he's kind of like you know he's got that Jordan Poole like gliding down the court like I've taken over this game you know uh how that goes and he's guarding Norman Powell like big guard like this is a Portland's the type of team where he's gonna really you know he's got an important defensive assignment you cannot hide him anywhere especially yeah. you know steps yeah. out there so he's guarding norman powell a big guard norman powell just runs him up right in front of the warriors bench just like kind of shoves him off and gets a back cut for like it's a simple layup the type of like easy defensive error uh that would piss steve kerr off and not just kerr you know ron adams over there mike brown all those guys and, and it happened right in front of him so he calls timeout and, you know they're on a nice run before that pool had just hit two threes so if you look over you know, it's, it's, they're probably on like an 8-2 run, and Poole's been the star within it, but he's pissed at Jordan Poole about that. He brings Poole over to the, the huddle. They talk about it. Uh, but the one thing I will say, and you saw it postgame, uh, Kerr mentions, it's like the first thing he mentioned about Poole uh, after he goes for 30. And then Poole, when I told Kerr, I've told Steve to like stay on me about the little things. We have a mutual agreement about it. He wants to be coached like that, and, and I think he's not pouting when when – he gets called over and go, dude, I just hit two threes. Like, why are you tell me about that layup? Like, that's a good sign for him because I do think that will get him on the court more as long as Kerr believes he's listening and trying. Yeah, I think I think the ball handling and like playing as a playmaker, which I think he has the ability to do, but it's, it's a little bit also about experience. I mean, we know he can get a shot off. He, we know he's got a a shot, like you said, like he could explode. But it's gonna also be like, all right, it's time to get to the cup. All right, it's we got to set up these other guys because I do think that's gonna be the key. That what makes Jordan Poole such a like a uh, you know a, a process a dynamic prospect is that you can use him playing next to Steph, and then when Steph comes out, you can almost replace him with Steph as a playmaker. And he's got to be able to do that in a manner where Steve Kerr is going to trust him to be the decision maker. So, you know, there was some times last night where it was like, you know, he was feeling himself and he's chucking and, uh, you know, I get it. He was hot, but it's also got to be the the ability to say, all right, we're going to work. We're going to work these actions right now. Uh, I feel like that's a level he's got to get because it's just about Steve Kerr being comfortable with him 
running the show. And there was a time last year where he wasn't, and Nico Mannion was running the show. Yeah, so, I mean, he took 13 threes in 22 minutes. Let's say he makes <laughs> three of them yeah. instead of seven of them. Let's say some of those deep pulls, and I mean... Well, he took 13 threes. I'd say seven to eight of them were at least four feet behind the line. Some of them were like eight feet behind the line. Let's say he misses a chunk of those. And there will be games where he pulls like early in a game, like four times from like super deep. And let's say he's over four. Like Kerr's going to be looking at, you know, not just Steve Kerr's going to be looking at him sideways. Like Steph Curry, Draymond Green might be looking at like, dude, you don't have it tonight. And like, what if Steph has it that night? And, And he's like, you know cooling Steph like there are going to be moments this season where they deal with this I mean I I can remember back to covering the Thunder where you know Reggie Jackson's like maybe being a little overly aggressive because he's coming off a 25 point night and he wants to like take over right when he gets in the game like this is just a push and pull of like young players emerging into who they're going to be um but you got to be good enough for that to be a problem (laughs) yeah right yeah like that's the thing and you know this is a very good like what we're talking about right here is like a very good development for the Warriors even if there are thorny moments this season uh and, and beyond as we talk contract extensions deep in the future stuff like that like yeah, it, it's very good for them to potentially get a, a real impact score playmaker with the 28th pick a couple of years ago uh, anything else on pool before i move on no nah, no nah, we good we, we got we hit pool hard enough um so S- steve kerr i think again one preseason game but i think it's pretty obvious like what his rotation priorities this season are, and that's veteran, veteran, veteran. I mean, he started uh, who you would have expected to start, you know, but also first two off the bench, Bradley and Bielitsa, second two off the bench, Porter Jr. and Iguodala, third two off the bench, Damian Lee and Juan Toscano-Anderson. We did not see Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody until late in the third quarter when they're coming in with like Langston Galloway and Michael Mulder, essentially. Uh, and he's made it he 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 made it clear with the patterns in game one what that he's gonna just prioritize veterans early this season. And then in post game, when I asked him about it, he uh, trolling a little bit, but you know, did you see the quote? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he thought that was. He thought that was a. Uh, that was you that asked that. Yeah, when he said we're chasing wins this season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that so, was you that asked that. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I just asked him like, look, like you didn't play the rookies until the fourth, essentially. Like, is that what we can kind of expect this season? And he went into an answer and obviously closed it with joking, you know, referencing his quote from last year, but said we're chasing wins this year, uh, but. I mean, that's a takeaway to me from preseason game one. Like, he's not necessarily trying to it fit ma- the rookies in. It makes sense like, that it was from you. That's funny. Like, who? who <laughs> I don't know why I took that as a like a shot at or like a retort to. Uh, you know, I, it, it makes it just makes a lot more sense that that was you who asked that. <laughs> like, oh, okay, this is just Steve on his toes, not out here making a statement. See, there, we're we're ch- <laughs> we're chasing wins right now. Like uh, the preseason game, <laughs> is that where he? What I thought was like when he said it, I thought because no, he didn't I, just I like come important. out in his press conference yeah. and the first thing he wanted to say. No, I had asked him <laughs> why. You know, basically, why didn't you put rookies in until the fourth quarter? I kind of knew the answer, but you know, obviously, we're looking for quotes to like uh, detail it. And not only that, not only so he says the you know we're chasing wins this year and kind of like smirks at at the camera. 
uh, as he's walking off, I was kind of, I, I said something. I was like, oh, Chase and Wynn's coming. He's like, I couldn't resist. I had yes, to that's funny. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Not bad. You know, uh, Bielitsa, mm-hmm. they got some shooting. I agree. They got some shooting. I mean, they got some net nut move type of shooting now. Uh, which Bielitsa is such a, stuck too from deep. From bro, Jordan, and them Jordan, that net did not. You could hear the thud like doop. I was like, yo, this dude's <laughs> not even moving the net. Like, they've got some some. Uh, they've got the ability to spread the floor that they did not have before. Uh, still the same issue like with defense and stuff, but that's a noticeable glaring addition or upgrade. Especially from the start of last year, right? Where you're out there with Wiseman and uh, Kelly Oubre, right? Like, they've got three or four dudes they can put in who can light it up from the outside. And Bielitsa look like, yo, <laughs> I haven't seen much of him over, you know, over the last couple of years. But, yo, them, them deep threes he hit where the net didn't move, I was like, okay, this dude... He he can stroke it. I thought Otto Porter shot it pretty well too. I like this form. I mean, obviously he's a forty percent three point shooter, but that stuff matters. You know who didn't shoot it well though from the OG crew? Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley. Brick. He was zero of five from three within like four minutes of being on the court. He actually hit his sixth and ended one of six, but it was like. You know, if that was his moment to like <laughs> claim the 15th spot, you know, he didn't. He didn't seize the moment because his thing was I can defend and I can shoot, and that's yeah. the knock against you know I would say his most direct competition, Gary Payton II. But he, he was he was. I would actually argue at at this point with Gary Payton II being out with uh, with a hernia, which is you know tough timing because you know how much have we talked about the fact that he's never had a camp and he was you know if he comes to camp and he can compete he feels like he can win a spot he's not going to really be able to win a spot so to me his most direct competition is joe lake at this point <laughs> and and the fact that, uh, yeah, of keeping the roster spot empty competition anyway right joe lake who was who was sitting in about the 10th row last night watching avery bradley miss these threes after at shoot around did you see the steph curry quote no i didn't see that one steph, steph was just talking you know like uh basically was like oh he's a avery's a bulldog if anyone offenders who have regard me he's at the top of the list like i'm paraphrasing you can go to my story and read it anybody out there who hasn't seen it but it was a it was an endorsement for bradley and let me just say um steph curry knows the the dynamics at play with the 15th roster spot as we all do um and i just thought it as he came out for avery bradley pretty strong uh in his quote about him i thought and then Avery Bradley went out and went 0 5 from 3 like right away. But at the same time, he flashed some of the defensive stuff. You see, he had like a pickpocket on an outlet pass. He's good against, you know, I mentioned Portland's three, you know, backcourt scorers. Like he's good against a team like that, or useful, I should say, where it's like, hey, guard McCullum for a little bit, guard Lillard for a little bit, guard Powell for a little bit. Like, you know, having that guy as your ninth, tenth man, I mean, we say 15th spot, but really rotationally, it's like ninth, tenth man. That's helpful. Especially if he's got the legs for it still. I mean, he's only 30. Sometimes it feels like he's older than that. But if he's got the legs for it, I mean, I always thought he was a good player. You know, you know. I mean, obviously Steph is lobbying for Joe to spend that money. But he also has been on the other end of that Avery Bradley dynamic so much that he will, you know, 
it doesn't surprise me that he's vouching for Avery Bradley. Uh, he, when you see him, he looks like the same old Avery Bradley, and he he looked like he was moving well last night. He didn't look like he didn't look a step slow. He got stuffed at the rim once on like a reverse layup. Did you see that? Where it was like he he looked open, backdoor cut, and it, he got glassed. Yeah, and instead of like going up. <laughs> It was like you know he was so under the rim. Who was I, it? Was it, it wasn't? Uh, I think it was Covington. I, I was thinking that it was it might have been Little. Might yeah, okay, uh, okay, it got packed though. <laughs> I mean it got, and it was like you could see you could see a little of the age, but I mean at the same time, Prime Avery Bradley. It's not it's not like Prime Avery Bradley was going up and hammering that. I mean he was still probably going up. Yeah, and nah, under, just I, I maybe a be, little bit quicker. I, I wasn't at all deterred by that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah he. That if that's his game, if he if he's converting that, he probably ain't vying for the fifteenth spot on the Warriors. Be like, yo, this dude could finish. He's a, he's MLE somewhere else. Oh, for sure, no question. Yeah. Um. Beyond that, uh, I I mean, you mentioned. Oh, I see the quote. I think that's why he's here. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. <laughs> Um, he's been a little bit more vocal this year. Should, should we promo a podcast you might have coming out tomorrow? Oh man, he had, listen. So we um over at Hoops adjacent, David Aldridge and I, we we got to talk to Steph, and the conversation was so good. He stayed for an hour. That's and the Athletic NBA feed, by the way, for anyone looking for this podcast dropping tomorrow. The Athletic NBA show Wednesdays is me and David Aldrich on Hoops adjacent. Uh, he was good. He talked about like, he talked about Andrew Wiggins. He talked about uh, motivation for the season. He talked about the roster spot, but he he talked about vaxes and golf. Like he was just he, he was talking. He was in his bag, at, you know. And I guess since he's now this media guy, he's kind of got to get the practice at it. So. Mr. NBC Sports. Uh, what did you think of how he looked last night? Um, it kind of looked like he was like, oh, Jordan Poole's got it tonight. Like, let me, uh, you know, kind of try to get some rhythm shots in. He he took some deep, um, I don't want to call him heat checks because he was never hot, but it just, you know, he was kind of trying to, like, test the waters a little bit. He had an air ball. He had probably the most notable moment of the night from him was he tried to jump in, you know, draw a foul and didn't get it, which is, you know, the NBA's cracking down on it. I actually talked to him about it, him and Kerr about it at shoot around in Portland. And, um, he, he didn't get that call and then spent the next time out with Kenny Atkinson out there, like with the referees, like debating whether he should have got the call i like the no call i like yeah the, he talked what, about that too yeah oh he did world. Okay. yeah yeah uh he thought that one was like a yeah, judgment call i'm thinking like yeah. yeah i was like no that was a good not call the funny <laughs> thing is he also mentioned when i was talking when i talked to him uh and, and wrote like a quick little story off shoot around about it the nba had used him as an example this summer, he might've talked about this on the podcast with you, but like where he jumped back into DiVincenzo in a game last year, you know, the NBA's official refereeing account used it. And he was like kind of disputing that one. And then I went back and watched it. I was like, Oh no, I actually think that was like good example by the NBA, (laughs) but I don't know. It's just, it, this is what it's going to be with star scores earlier this year. Doncic, Harden, you know, Trey Young, all these guys are going to have moments where they don't quite get some of the calls they're used to. I think everyone, most people at least around the league, are happy they're not getting them, but they're going to be kind of a little bit thorny about it, I think, early. 
Yeah, he definitely talked about that. He, um, you know, the the funny part was, you know, Steph had to be prodded into doing this stuff. He he didn't get to the line enough, and you know, people in the words were like, "Man, you got to draw fouls. You got to draw more fouls." So it's interesting seeing him like being part of this game, but like that's the scorer's game. I'm actually glad they're cutting down on some of that stuff. Uh, oh yeah, it's it, it just it's just annoying to watch sometimes. So cut cut all that stuff. I thought the shot. I, I thought that was a great no call on Steph last night. You know, if, if he, he's jumping forward to shoot and then he shot it with his left hand, like that's not a real shot. <laughs> like, well, the did you see Steve Kerr over there? He kind of like shrugged at Steph, like, "Yeah, you're not getting that anymore." And because the funniest part is Steve Kerr may be the large, like the biggest proponent of like these rules needing to be changed. Um, oh yeah, so, no question. So. Okay, two two more things I wanted to get to. They took 69 three pointers last night. Um, they've never taken more than 54 in a game in franchise history. Uh, they're not going to take 69 per game, obviously, this season, but. They're going to shoot a lot more than they ever have, even in the prime Durant days. Uh, they're just going to jack a ton, uh, and that's just something to note. I mean, we we were kind of talking earlier about the elite supporter, their, their increased floor spacing, which was purposeful, uh, but to see it on display and for them in their debut game to throw up 69 three-pointers was notable. Yeah, I'm surprised Steve Kerr didn't combust on site. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of three pointers, yo. That's a lot of settling, right? It's a lot of people who are just decided, like, yo, I got the shot. It's almost a little bit of an overcorrection. They didn't have shooting last year, so now they're out here, you know, chucking and gunning. But it, it I do think it is a big deal that. You know, you have Steph taking these amounts of threes, and now you add like Jordan Poole, Bielitsa, and Otto Porter, guys who are gonna make their impact by shooting threes. So you've hey, already guess just what? added. Guess what? They have a midseason addition of uh, another who might, guy who, who might shoot, shoot a, a few threes. Bit. His name yeah. is Clay Thompson. <laughs> so they're gonna they're gonna jack him up, but. You know, again, I do feel like I, I do feel like at some point, regular season defense is gonna say, "Hey, Nemanja." We're not giving you an open three. And that's where, like, the real game comes in. Like, Otto Porter, we know what you do. Uh, you're not going to get those. Or he gets them and he knocks them down. But I just feel like at some point the real defense will kick in and it'll be about what what's your counters, what do you have to do with that. But the happiest – this has got to be Draymond's perfect setup, right? Like <laughs> – I mean, he's got all these guys to throw to, and all you know, all these options, and it's you know, they're going to be their their aesthetic is going to be different. And this is the small ball you've been writing about it, right? There's going to be small, they're going to be chucking, they're going to be running and shooting a lot of threes. Passing I don't think it'll too. go crazy like they did, but passing too, they really passed it well last night. You know, Bielitsa made a few. You know, you mentioned be you know take, running Bielitsa off the line. He got run off the line a couple times last night. He had like a pinged one to the corner to Porter. He had an interior. Did he had six. So. He had like six assists or something. I think he, he did. Was, yeah, he was dishing it, man. Now he's a he's a statue on defense, and like you know, it's something we need to get to in later days. Is like how they continue to defend at anywhere near the level they did last year, because like you know these personnel changes affect both sides of the floor, but. 
man, the offense just looks like it's just a roster that fits what Steve Kerr wants to do much better. I mean, they clear that was clearly a top priority this summer. They didn't just say, hey, we need veterans. It was like veterans that like fit exactly what Kerr wants to do. And we saw last night, like Porter does, Bielitsa does, Iguodal obviously does, uh, Bradley even does. Um, so. Yeah, it's it, you know, and they kept JTA, they kept Damian Lee. There's not a player on the roster, uh, or I shouldn't say that. There are players on the roster. There are young players, Kaminga, Wiseman, that, that might not fit exactly. The, you know, this Kerr, Curry, Draymond style, and I and I do think those two need to be mentioned within it uh, because that's how they want to play. Um, but yeah, they fit, fit well. They passed. They shot. I mean, it was it was just a good day one for them overall. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be fun watching all these little pieces play out. Right, like you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. The speed is gonna get more shots up. You know how this is this is why they do it. So there's gonna be opportunities. There's gonna be opportunities for somebody to kind of ball too and show out. Uh, my guy Juan was ice cold. Uh, I don't know. I wonder about guys like him. You know, but at some point the the defense will step up. There'll be like a need to grit and grind, and that's where Juan's gonna show out. But he he didn't. Uh, what was he? I think he was like zero for five too. Uh, yeah, he, I think he airballed. There was a few airball threes. Um, and yeah, I mean it wasn't his best performance. But you know, I think we'll come to see with him this year. But I, I think he might be matchup dependent. And there's yeah. gonna be some games where where you know him and Draymond and it's fast paced, it's defense, it's more gritty. You know, it's a home game against Thibodeau's Knicks or something like that. And it's like, this is a, this is a JTA game. And then I think there'll be other games where it's like, ah, he doesn't, you know, there needs to be more Bielita, more Porter, more skill, more like dead eye shooting out there. Uh, so I, you know, maybe Juan will not be in every night rotation piece. He'll just be some nights, 25 minutes, some nights zero really. And when you need and when you need a big big performance, Juan's gonna be there because that's how we do it. Well, when you need energy, he will be there. I mean, he does not lack that, uh, which is needed in a regular season. I had one more thing I wanted to talk about. Um, Andrew Wiggins talked last night. Um, he detailed his vaccine hesitancy. Uh, you know, yes, he took it, um, but it's clear he still. Uh, uneasy about having to take it. Um, I don't have a ton to say about it. Uh, I am kind of glad that he came out and, and explained why he, he, he didn't want to take it. I mean, he, he went back to a couple of years ago. He had a, a allergic reaction to Tylenol, it sounds like, and it's made him a little bit uh, distrustful of, of, of medicine, essentially, and, and stuff he puts into his body. Um, and I think that led to some of the hesitancy and he says he's not mad at the organization. I thought that was kind of maybe a key, one of the key quotes in there. He understands it was a rule that society essentially made, that the city made. Uh, but Andrew Wiggins spoke for like six, seven, eight minutes, like really detailing his decision. And um, I think obviously there are questionable takes in there from uh, Wiggins. There's stuff you can debunk scientifically. But, you know, it, uh, I don't know. I mean, give me your thoughts on it. I'm kind of done talking about it overall, like long term. He's got it. He will be eligible in home games this year. It shouldn't really be a storyline moving forward, but uh, at least he explained himself. Yeah, my my only criticism would be I wish he would have done that at first. And it's it's a bit of yeah, I don't want to say a shame. That's that's kind of harsh or whatever. It's unfortunate that a guy who's 
reputed for being a good dude, right, who's been valuable to the franchise, you know, essentially sullied his name because he didn't, you know, give that very uh, that very explanation he gave. I think people would have disagreed, but they would have understood if he would have said that. And I mean, know, we're the only place I disagree. Like it's the social media age, it's the Twitter age. If he came out and said what he did last night at Media Day, like he's getting ridiculed online. He yeah, just but is. but those people are, you, you can't really control. But th- there is an element of people who are actually serious about it and even before media day right even before media day if he would have you know been more proactive about it my my point was like you know the 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 juxtaposition of wanting people to respect his privacy and his personal decision is is all fine and dandy whatever man they're gonna do what they do but it would have just been better for him for him to then turn around and respect uh, you know, people's desire for being safe and for right messaging and for right information being disseminated for the people who listen. So I thought what he said to me, I understood him better. He made a lot more sense. Like I, I got where he was coming from, even if I disagree. And at a time where people are like information matters and information isn't always guaranteed to be uh, you know, have the necessary integrity. Like it matters when people give explanations. Like it just matters, period. It matters when you give the reason. Nobody, Nobody's going to come and jab him in the arm with a vax and, you know, whatever. But if, I just think it would have been better. And unfortunately, here's a guy who people liked. You know, he had to deal with this period where he was the villain. And it'll probably go away or maybe it'll rise up later. But it just felt... Like it didn't have to happen the way it did, because if he would have just said what he said, then we would have had a better understanding. And the part that like to me was a little bit was a bothersome was he just, you know, he didn't respect the ecosystem of this NBA situation. And, you know, there there are employees, there are people around them. There's us, there's media, right? Like, yo, we want to know. I want to know, too. Just like respect the fact that we're in this ecosystem with you. And like, you know, for for us to know something, what we're dealing with, it helps ease our minds, too. But at the moment, at media day, he didn't feel like that was valuable. And yesterday he did. And to me, it just felt like if he would have said that, then it would have been better. And I feel like uh, a, a good guy got painted with a bad brush because of that you know and in, in, in that sense as much as you think uh as much as we know who these guys are anyway he just was a good he's just a likable guy right people like him and it was just you know we you and i talked about this like this is the last thing andrew wiggins wanted <laughs> yeah you just to call him the villain it's like andrew wiggins, yeah, you know, like, he thought kevin durant didn't want to be a villain andrew wiggins yeah, really that's like, right this is the last thing you wanted so to me that was just wild that okay i mean i heard it was like I hear you, Andrew. I hear where you're coming from. Like, uh, we if you if he ever wanted to talk to me about it, I would have a few answers for him. But I ain't the one he talking to about it, and that's perfectly fine. But the fact that he respected the situation and the people in the ecosystem enough to give the explanation, I felt like that that was good for him, and I wish it had come earlier. 
Well said. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up. Uh, I think we're going to do a Warriors Plus Minus podcast Thursday, sounds like, uh, with Tim on. And that'll be post a second preseason game. Uh, first home game in Chase Center. So we will talk to you then. In the meantime, go out and get your copies of Dynasties, baby. Let's go. Book number three, Slater. Catch up. I ain't catching up, but I'm proud of you. Book number three, <laughs> go out and get it.